More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're going to be joined by our buddy Alex Berenson now. The timing on this is not coincidental. There is a New York Times editorial out today encouraging, and I can't believe this is real, everyone six months and older to go out and get the newest COVID shot. Kathy Hochul, the brilliant, esteemed, those are both, uh, satire and, uh, and, 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 and I just want to make it clear, uh, neither brilliant nor esteemed in any aspect of her leadership so far. Here is what she said about the new COVID shot and how it impacts if you had the past COVID shot. Listen. Tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past. It will not help you this time around. Okay, that's Kathy Hochul. Last shots won't help you this time around. You have to go get this one. We bring in now Alex Berenson. Alex, use of the word vaccine. Let's start here. If I told you, hey, you know that measles, mumps, rubella vaccine that you got, it doesn't work anymore. And I'm not talking about a booster like every 12 years or whatever the heck they do. I'm not even sure exactly what goes on with that. My kids have all gotten those shots. But the one that you just got last year, it's basically worthless. But this new one, it'll take care of you. Uh, when you hear this and you see the editorial in the New York Times saying that everybody six months and older needs to get the new updated COVID shot, your reaction is what? I, I'm, I'm furious. Okay, I am furious about this. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote a substack today, uh, you know, Unreported Truths about this and the details of why I'm furious. But let's just let's just focus on two things, okay, quickly. One is we are now way out of step with the rest of the world. And I'm not talking about, you know, some random third world country. I'm talking about Germany or Australia or the UK or Japan. They are not pushing these shots. They're certainly not pushing them on anybody under 18. In Germany, they don't even recommend a primary COVID vaccination for anybody under 18. And most of these countries aren't pushing it on people under 65. In Australia, they go to 75. So... This, I mean, these countries, they're, they're smart countries. They have smart doctors. 
they just aren't, you know, somehow completely politicized on this process. They're somewhat politicized, but they're not as politicized as we are. So that's A. B is you can look, and this is something that I tweeted out this morning that has gotten a huge response. You can look at the CDC's own data from their from their slides yesterday, which they, uh, this is not from a month ago or a year ago, it's from yesterday. They said that you would have to give one million COVID shots to save between zero and one. They couldn't even say one. They said zero to one deaths of an adolescent from COVID. One million shots to save zero to one deaths. And by the way, those shots we know are going to cause in the short term 100,000 to 200,000 severe reactions, meaning a high fever, meaning nausea, that stuff, you know, that you get in the immediate aftermath of the shot. So a million shots, you save maybe one person of dying from COVID, you cause 100,000 to 200,000 severe reactions, and they didn't even mention this part, but it's in the data from other places, you cause 50 to 300 cases of, of severe myocarditis, myocarditis that's clinically relevant in people. So, so what are we doing? It is sickening to me. These shots should not be offered to anybody who's a teenager or child. They probably shouldn't be offered. I mean, who's, who's, you know, who's not like on death's door from other conditions. And they probably shouldn't be offered to anybody uh, of that age period, but they, and they probably shouldn't be offered to anybody under 65. Again, who's not really sick with other things. Well, I, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Alex, who wants this? Like who's still, is it really just? The power of big pharma. I mean, the CDC director, who from from previous experience with things that she said publicly, I have to think is something of an idiot. She wrote an article today in the New York Times about like I'm a mom and I'm the CDC director and like I want my kid to get the COVID shot. What is, I really mean this? Like, what is wrong with her? Does she have an, an anxiety disorder or is she just getting too much big pharma money from something or what? No, I, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I don't believe she's getting pharma money directly. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of money from Pfizer and Moderna floating around the system. And, and by the way, we're spending, we, I, I, I believe, and I haven't checked this myself, so, so I, you know, I, reserve, I, I always throw that in when I look myself. I believe we have ordered two, uh, $2 billion worth of pediatric COVID doses for this fall, about 20 million vaccines. Now, I would be surprised if one million are given because the only good thing in all of this is that is that everybody knows, with the exception of the CDC, how stupid this is. And so no one is going to get these. I and, and the reason I say that with certainty is because that's what happened last fall. You know, aside from people over 65, almost nobody got the bivalent booster last fall. And this and I, and I think the uptake is going to be even lower this year. But that doesn't mean we can't we, we need to we, we can let this go. We have to call them out on this. As for Mandy Cohen and what she's doing, I have no idea. The idea that she would get her healthy children, and I assume they're healthy, uh, vaccinated or boosted against uh, this, you know, Omicron variant that's no risk to them. She is she's endangering them, even if it's a, a low danger. She's endangering them for no benefit to them. And I don't understand that. We're talking to Alex Berenson. I always think this is important. I've got a 15, a 12 and a nine year old. We're about to have a couple of birthdays. My kids are not getting these shots. OK, so I'm telling all of you listening right now exactly what I'm choosing to do with my own kids. Certainly, I'm not going to get it right. I haven't ever gotten any of these shots, but I think for most people out there, 
whatever you do with your own personal health, if you are fortunate enough to have kids or grandkids that you care for, the choices that you're making for them tells us more sometimes than the choices you make for yourself. So I'm not doing this. Alex, let's take away the Alex Berenson journalist who's looking at all this data. You also have young kids. How old are your kids and what choice are you making personally for them that you would also say to other people out there with young kids? Because I think this is so important. Take it outside sure. of, hey, I'm a, you know, Alex Berenson covering this. I'm all, you're also Alex Berenson dad. What are you doing with your own family? So, so, so we, I, we've talked about this before. My kids are now 11, seven, about to be eight and four. Uh, and so you've got four will, kids, 11 and under. Uh, oh, you, three, three, 11. Three, okay. Three, uh, 11 and under. Yeah. Yes, but and, and um and you know and they've all had COVID, um they've all by the way they they've all had the standard vaccines. They will get these mRNA shots over my dead body, and my wife feels exactly the same. I mean, we, we are not doing this to them. They don't need it. It's only downside. We have no idea what the long term impact of mRNA uh, is, but in fact, there's as we talked about, I think a, a week or two ago, there's some data showing that in kids, it may actually harm their immunity to other infections. So uh, it, it would be, it, it will never happen as long as I'm alive that my kids will get these shots. Um, we're speaking to Alex Berenson. Subscribe to his Substack, Unreported Truths, and maybe we could put up a cross link to it on clayandbuck.com. So anyone goes to clayandbuck.com, you click on it, and you can see uh, Alex's piece today. And Alex, I, the the mantra here continues to be, our, quote, this is from the New York Times opinion from the CDC director, Who's the same woman who actually, can we play that audio for a second? Remind everybody. This was like, uh, oh, yeah. m- months ago. The current CDC director, formerly this, the health and human services director for, I think, North Carolina. Yep. This is what she said about how she made COVID policy. Play it. So I would call, probably the person I called most was the secretary of health and human services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you going to let them have professional, um, uh, football? And I was like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, so, um, so, uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you going to think about lightening up a mess? They're like, so are like next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. So just letting everyone know that she was arbitrary and capricious and the whole thing was was a scam. She got promoted, everybody. That person got promoted. She's now CDC director. And, Alex, she writes, quote, we can minimize the virus's damage by using our most effective tool in combating the virus, updated COVID-19 vaccines. What is she even basing this on at this point? Well, so, I mean, that's another thing. And, and you know, there's so much to be angry about today. So, uh so the data that it's there's this idea and that, you know they've repeated it endlessly uh the, the updated boosters work better than the older vaccines are against the new variants and that's why we want to get you boosted okay there's a tremendous amount of data and they and this they know okay they're not complete idiots when you get a booster it doesn't matter whether the booster is supposedly updated or the original against the wild type if you've been previously vaccinated your body has an overwhelming tendency to produce antibodies that are best against the original strain of COVID or the original variant of COVID. The problem is that variant no longer exists except in a few laboratories. So, so you are, you're getting boosted and you're, what your body is mostly doing is fighting a virus that no longer exists. And this is probably one reason the vaccines are so ineffective at this point. Okay. 
And by the way, it doesn't matter whether they give you the original uh, vaccine that you got two years ago or the or the one that is supposedly new and improved. Your body reacts the same. It's called immune imprinting or original antigenic sin. It's a well-known phenomenon in immunology, and they know it. They are just lying about this. It is an excuse to try to get people to take more vaccine, and I don't know why they're doing it, okay? They could have done what the rest of the world did, which is essentially walk away from the mRNAs and walk away from COVID vaccines, except for elderly people, you know, who who are at higher risk from COVID and who, frankly, have a lower, uh, you know, if if something goes wrong, uh, their life expectancy is shorter anyway. Okay, so they have they have put more potential benefit and it's a less catastrophic risk if we're wrong about the long term effects here. But we didn't do that in the United States. For some reason, the American public health authorities and the Biden administration are all in on this, despite the fact that their own data shows it's useless. And I do not understand it. As bad as the decisions are on the COVID shot, I'm curious, Alex, what you think. I'm sure you saw the Montgomery County public schools forcing kids to wear masks again in 95s in kindergarten. Now they're also doing it in another first-grade classroom in a different school in Montgomery County that is just north of Washington, D.C. As as someone who has covered this now for we're going into the fourth winter uh, of COVID, are you astounded that this is still all going on, masking, getting the shots? And what does it say that there are no consequences for so many people being so profoundly wrong about so much of this for the last four years? You know, that's a great question. I, I am kind of astounded. And, you know, I, I've been writing I've been writing unreported truths for, you know, more than two years. Uh, some of my subscribers are now, a lot of them are now headed into the third year. Um, I've been tweeting about this to, you know, a pretty large audience for three and a half years. I kind of want to get back to my life. You know, I was a, I, I wrote a bunch of spy novels. I've covered other things, but I can't. Because because this is not going away. And what happened with the CDC yesterday is just the most recent you know, example of this. They they are continuing this. And and the masking, uh, you know, it is it is it is crazy. Masks are useless by any and every definition. And there's a video on Twitter that I can't kind of can't stop watching um, that a guy named Martin Kulderf put up of a uh, of a toddler, like a two year old pulling his mask down and this teacher keeps putting it on harder and harder and the, you know the child obviously does not like it and keeps taking it off and i sort of feel like to some extent that's we are the toddler and the public health authorities are that teacher they will not stop and i don't know how we get them to stop and so you know i'm trying to build a record a historical record about how you know useless the vaccines now are i'm trying to write about this even though to some extent i wish i could move forward because we just cannot stop until until there is some kind of reckoning. Is it is it fair, um, Alex, in your mind, uh, to to point out that Anthony Fauci, still going on TV, could do a lot to finally stop some of this madness? And I mean, I, I've made the case that uh, we've now crossed over into he's a moral monster. Like he knows that this is crap, but he just won't stop. Um. Yeah, I mean, he would have to repudiate, uh, you know, a lot. Um, look, there, I, there is some precedent for that with him, right? In the late 80s, you know, the, the, the AIDS activists got to him and convinced him 
that you know he, his policies were not working and were leading to unnecessary death and despair. And he, you know, he helped. The, he he changed his mind, and he sort of became a hero to the, to a lot of those guys. So. You know, is there is there some parent of a toddler who, you know, who can convince Fauci, like, you know, you should speak out here? I, I doubt it. But but maybe, you know, is there some parent of a of a of a young person who died from myocarditis after an mRNA shot that can get him to, you know, to to look at his policies? Maybe. But he doesn't seem to be an, in, in that place. I've never spoken to Anthony Fauci. Okay? I've only I've only seen what we all see. But he seems extremely self-satisfied. And so I don't know how he changes his mind. When you speak to this, this is the last question because I know you we appreciate the time. I'm sure you saw Aaron Rodgers because I know you're a sports fan, tear his Achilles tendon. Aaron Rodgers has been one of the most outspoken people about the lack of necessity for COVID shots. Doesn't it perfectly speak to the world in which we're in that many people reacted with glee to Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles tendon because he didn't? acquiesce and get the COVID shot? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, the backdrop on that is, you know, Novak Djokovic wins, uh, yeah. you know, it becomes the the, the absolute go. And you saw the Mad- Moderna shot of the day, which we played, which was too perfect. Yeah, too perfect. And so because, you know, because he's a professional athlete who, you know, who has done really well after rejecting the shots, the fact that this happened to Aaron Rodgers, although, of course, you know, it's completely unrelated in any to COVID in any way, shape or form. Um, uh, you know, people people want to hit back. I mean, that that's where we are. And and, uh, you know, this is another terrible thing about where we are in terms of our politics and public health is that, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of, you know, what the um, the, Her- the Herman Cain Awards are, I'm sure, where people talk negatively about somebody who was unvaccinated and died from COVID. And then meanwhile, people, you know, who are not vaccinated, sometimes, look, I, I have to resist the temptation too. When you see somebody who might have died, uh, you know, of a vaccine-related injury and spoke out against um, against those of us who chose not to be vaccinated, you, you, we can't jump on them. It's a human tragedy, okay? It's a human tragedy on either side. People are dying here. So, you know, people died of COVID. People have died of mRNA vaccine side effects. Our goal should be to try to stop all of it. And, but but the way to do that is not to pretend that the vaccines work when they don't. Unreported Truths on Substack. Subscribe to Alex Berenson. Alex, appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Like everything else, the cost of ammunition has gone up big time in the past year. If you're a gun owner and you occasionally get to the range, you've experienced those higher price tags. Makes it even more expensive to train and keep your skills sharp. There's an economical and convenient solution. It's a firearm training device called the Mantis X. It's a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X device attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You connect that to your smartphone with the Mantis X app. Your Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, guides you through drills and courses, and 94% of Mantis X users improve significantly within 20 minutes of using the Mantis X for the first time. It's a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clay's going to come back in here in a second with some fascinating stuff for all of you, so stay with us. Support U.S.-funded resources. Or, I'm sorry, Clay, you've got the read here, actually. You go for it. I'm going to tell you all about innovation refunds, getting you hooked up today. Make sure that you are well on your way to potentially saving a bundle. You know... It's hard to know whether or not you might qualify for the ERC, but you can get up to $26,000 per employee if you have the right people working for you. And you know, it's great when it doesn't cost you anything at all, which is exactly what's going on right now with the great people at Get Refunds. You go right now, in fact, to innovationrefunds.com. They'll put their entire network of independent tax professionals to work for you they share the proceeds. Doesn't cost you anything. Get hooked up today at innovationrefunds.com. 1-843-REFUNDS to see if you qualify. 1-843-REFUNDS. Innovationrefunds.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. All right, I got a story for you, Buck, that I bet you don't know anything about. But I bet our 9, 10 a.m. listeners, our new affiliate in Detroit, if you are driving around right now, I, I'm told there are billboards everywhere in the southeastern Michigan region. 
with my picture and Buck Sexton's picture. We appreciate our new affiliate at 9, 10 a.m. My wife's family, all from Michigan. We've got Michigan State grads. We've got Michigan grads. we got both sides of that big rivalry uh, in the larger Travis family, again, through my wife, Laura, who grew up in, in, uh, in the Detroit area. She went to the University of Michigan. So Michigan State, Buck, has got a coach, Mel Tucker, who Mel Tucker got a 10-year, $95 million job, uh, a contract, to continue to coach football at Michigan State. He's two years into that contract. He has roughly 80-some-odd million dollars left on that contract from Michigan State. He has been suspended from his job in the middle of football season. He's been suspended from his job coaching Michigan State. You might be wondering, what did he do? What is the allegation that has been brought against him? College football and college athletics in general has a lot of crazy stories. Buck, he called a woman who had been doing... Uh, training. She'd done a couple of speeches on Michigan State. He became friendly with this woman. Um, and he began to have conversations with her outside of, uh, the, the work. She lived in a different part of the country. She was on campus a couple of times, spoke about sexual assault and the need to be able, uh, to, to for players and, and coaches and everybody else not to be involved in sexual assault, which I think Pretty much everybody out there can say, yeah, that seems like uh, something that's worthy, okay? So they develop a relationship, the head coach Mel Tucker and this woman, Brenda Tracy. They engage, this is undisputed facts, 27 different phone calls, Buck, of an average length of over 30 minutes. I don't know how many of you out there talk on the phone very often for over 30 minutes at a time. I don't do that very often, certainly not one-on-one. He is being suspended and going to be fired, and it is going to potentially cost him $80 million as a result because they're trying to fire him without for cause, which means they don't owe him his payout. What did he do? One phone call, he allegedly had phone sex with this woman. She turned him into the university for having phone sex with her. She claims this is a 36-minute post-midnight phone call, Buck. She claims that she panicked and she couldn't hang up the phone. And therefore, she was, through the telephone call, a victim of the phone sex call. 36 minutes in length. He is now being suspended and he's going to be fired. They both acknowledge that they had a phone sex call. He says she sent him pictures of the two of them and he started saying, man, you look so good in that outfit as one might. And then it turned into a more amorous conversation. 36 minutes, she said she froze, couldn't hang up the phone because she couldn't believe what was happening. And wait, he wait, now wait, is losing on. his job. Yes, this I, is, these are all I, undisputed I facts. I okay. have questions as my mind. Allie, is, by the way, I might bring you in as well as the woman here. Uh, this is, this is all yes. undisputed. 
producer Allie is always there to keep us, you know, on if the Buck rails. And I, so. Buck and I, if we're off the rails because we're two guys, like, I hear this story. And by the way, one more little detail here, Buck. After this incident, he's married. Wait, okay. I have a key question, but finish yeah, yeah. your detail. Go ahead. Okay. He's married, for people out there who might be wondering, Mel Tucker. Uh, he says that he and his wife are separated uh, but they have not officially gotten divorced. So just FYI, to the extent that you're going to dive into his personal life. Uh, he says that she talked about their phone call. He realized that it wasn't a good decision that he had made, basically. And so he chose not to have her come back and speak at Michigan State again. It was at that time that she then turned him into Michigan State and, uh, by the way, also another factor here, a couple of months after this happened, she texted Happy Father's Day to him. Uh, so that, okay, your question. Okay, now. all right, I, I got a question. This a question. is a crazy story. I, 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 I thought insane. you would be blown away by this. This is insane. Was she, like, her whole, I froze. I mean, if this guy was there for 38 minutes. 36-minute phone call 36. after midnight. She said was she, she just going solo the whole time? Because that's a lot of effort. I mean, we do three hours of radio a day. I don't know if I could pull off 36 minutes of dirty talk. Was uh, she I, engaged? I, I, he says that she enjoyed it. That's his position. But, like, but did words, she claim was she silent or was she? Because if, if she was like, you know, yeah, is, like, you're so strong. I'm just trying, whatever. Yeah. Like, what is she even talking about? I, I will crazy. give you what she said. They've done it. They, they have. De- there's a 1,200, by the way, 1,200 page investigation into this at Michigan State, and I want to pull up the quote because I want to get her quote right here. Um, she says, uh, "Let's see. I want to make sure that I get this right." Allie, what is your reaction as a woman to I froze and I couldn't turn off i couldn't hang up i asked my wife about this she said i would i have no issues at all hanging up with you at any point in time do you believe that she could uh she could have frozen here's what she said by the way here's how the conversation uh she said she thought to herself oh my god this is happening i can't stop it in the moment she said it didn't occur to her to hang up Eventually, she said something. These are her quotes. Eventually, she said something along the lines of, if you do this, I don't ever want to hear about it. We're only friends. That's it. When he finished, the coach said, thank you. Good night, sweetheart. She responded, yeah. Two months later, um, she uh, says that she, uh, he says she sent, and I don't think it's disputed, happy Father's Day. He then cancels her speaking engagement on campus because he thinks this has gone too far, and she then turns him in, and now he is going to lose, potentially, an $80 million contract job. Is, are we waiting for Allie? I to mean, prove, yeah, Allie, I'm, 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 I'm frozen. I'm frozen. You're frozen by this. Just listening to the story. If you were on the jury, and uh, let's pretend that you're on the jury, Allie, and you hear, because a lot of times women say, well, I wouldn't do that, but I don't want to judge another woman for doing that, right? This is, women are more empathetic than men. I think a lot of men are like, this is total BS, okay? If you were on the jury, and she said, and somebody said, well, why didn't you hang up? She basically says she froze. And the conversation lasted 36 minutes. And then she texts Happy Father's Day later, like, 
what is going on here? Like, from, I think she liked him. There's evidence that they had obviously a relationship that was going on for some time. I think he decided, you know what, this has gone too far, basically broke it off, and then she decided to turn him in and try to extract uh, revenge, exact revenge in some way. Yeah, there's definitely what, something What is your analysis, on. Allie? There's, I have a lot of questions, too. I'm with Buck. I post-midnight call, 36 minutes, keep it going. I'm not going to pretend to know what another woman is experiencing and why she reacts one way, whereas I would probably end that phone call. I wouldn't even be on a phone call after midnight with somebody I work with. That's just weird. Uh, but that's me. I don't know. There's so many more questions I have to really be able to give you. And, and was she, she wasn't like his direct report. No, this is a, important. That's too. important the as only, well, right? She, she made a Title IX complaint, which again feels very vindictive to me. I don't think she actually qualifies as a co-employee. The only relationship she had, she has an independent business. She came as a vendor, basically. And spoke okay. to the football so, team. So this is like about, the, this is yeah. like the uh, attractive woman who's like selling handbags in the office, and Michael Scott decides that he's going to buy all of her handbags. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the office is. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't turn it off it's, whenever it's on. It, yeah, you know, she shows up, and he's like, "No, no, like let's let her lay out all of her handbags in our conference room," and he like turns yeah. the place into a showroom. She was a vendor, an outside. Yes. Employee that had nothing so to do with So she is not, yes, to your point, she's not his direct report. She's not somehow employed full-time by Michigan State. She lives in an entirely different part of the country. In fact, the phone call from his end that is now in question originated in Florida, and she was all the way in Oregon. There is no suggestion that he ever touched her or did anything physically inappropriate. He is, I mean, this is potentially going to be the most expensive phone call in the history of maybe business period because it could cost him this 36 minute phone call 80 million dollars you thought 900 numbers were expensive it's like 2 million dollars a minute over 2 million dollars a minute i just he's got to have legal a you know legal recourse here to to get his job back. i mean this is the craziest thing i've this is one of the craziest stories and this kind i couldn't I've believe it when i read it buck and and by the way Almost no one is saying this is crazy because everybody is so terrified in sports media of the whole Me Too universe that if a woman, it's like the Kavanaugh case in many ways, if a woman says something, there's a huge cadre of people out there who may well not believe it, but they're afraid they're going to end up the target if they question any aspect of the story. Hmm. Fortunately, there's some of us out there who, just like when Kavanaugh was being lied about, we will say that woman is lying. So in this I'm case, not she's not sure lying. She's, she's just lying. crazy. It's just like, no, no, I know. How do you, well, the I was standard making of, that distinction. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. this is crazy. She, she didn't feel like coerced into staying on a phone call. She's an adult. Give me a break. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you what I get a telemarketer call. Imagine if I was like, I couldn't. The guy just I wanted panicked, to I update my insurance, and I stayed on the phone for two hours and gave him all my money. Like, that's my fault. Here, here's my question also for people out there. And I understand age may factor in here, because I think the older you are, the more you enjoy, in general, talking on the telephone. 27 calls, an average of 30-plus minute for each of those calls? Like, I don't know that I've talked to somebody one-on-one for over 30 minutes on a phone call in years, like I, yeah. I, I can't even think. My, my wife, my mom, I can't even think of the last person that I would have talked to for over a half hour on the phone. 
Yeah. I don't even like voicemails. I, I, I feel like when somebody leaves me a voice message, I'm like, you couldn't have just texted me. Like, why do you have to leave me a voice message? So I have to go listen to it and then like try to get your number and figure out what you said. Just text me like one sentence, like instead of sending me, leaving me a voicemail. So this is crazy. This is going on. By the way, if you want to react, close out the show, 800-282-2882. One of the most bonkers stories I have heard in a long time, potentially a phone sex call that costs $80 million because people have lost their minds. Support U.S.-funded resources. Phoenix Capital Group offers you an opportunity to invest in the heart of America with domestic energy corporate bonds. Phoenix Capital connects private investor principal with direct investments in domestic energy assets. Your venture in these U.S.-backed equities can gain up to 9 to 13% annual interest paid monthly. It's a vote of confidence in the American dream in the unwavering spirit that built our nation. To find out more, download the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% APY. Like I am, by the way. I'm an investor in the Phoenix Capital Group because I believe in what they're doing. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I 
detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're, we're closing up shop here, but minds are still blown on the show and all across the country on this, uh, this story about the, what, Michigan State, who Michigan State head football head, coach head football Mel coach. Tucker, I, I think, is getting a rig job of all rig jobs, $80 million contract. He's being, right now he's suspended. The expectation is he's going to be fired for a argument that he had a non-consensual phone sex call with a woman who spoke the, at the Michigan State. This reminds me of the, the worst of the, the political correctness era stuff that we saw back in the 90s. Now we call it woke. It, it used to be PC. And yeah. it seemed that there was this period where, um, there, there was a period where even very minor stuff, you know, if a woman was offended, everyone had to take it super seriously and people were losing their jobs and everything that continues with us, um, you know, to this day in some places, or at least with some organizations and entities. But this one is, uh, to me, you know, adults have to be able to exercise adult responsibility and, and a reasonable man slash reasonable woman standard. Yes. And if you don't like the way a phone call is going, unless the person can coerce you by saying, stay on the phone or I'll fire you or yeah. stay on the phone and I'll, I'll promote you or something like that. But if you just, you know, met somebody, if you work for a different company and you met somebody and they're wanting to talk naughty, I think as an adult, you have to be able to say, excuse me, sir, I don't talk naughty. And then you hang up. <laughs> what about the idea of expanding consent to phone sex calls? I mean, I, my mind is just blown by this in general. And like, and by the way, it's a retroactive rescission of her prior uh, acceptance I, I, of the phone sex. I, I think when it comes to the verbal thing, like if, if you stay on the call and you're engaging in the call, you're consenting to the call. I don't understand what. No, the, right. But I mean, right. like it's one thing to say, like, okay, it was non-consensual sex. We now have a non-consensual phone sex that is costing somebody eighty well, million dollars. Well, that you know, in the case of the of the former, there's a coercive aspect to it, right? So either it's physical coercion, threats. Uh, actual arguments of consent in face-to-face interaction. That's what I'm saying, right. Yes. But if you're absent any kind of coercion in the, in the verbal context here, meaning like, that's what I said, if you, if it's stay on the phone with me for the phone sex or you're fired, yeah, of course, you're a jerk, you should be sued, get fired, all that stuff. But if you're like, yeah, this is like, sign me up for the sexy phone time. I don't know, Clay, I'm, my mind is still blown after yesterday that Democrat state rep in Virginia who says yes. that it's a sex crime against her to say uh, to to share the video that she posted online of herself doing sex things? What what is happening, everybody? What is happening? I, I, both of these stories. I, I mean, again, we talked about that Virginia story yesterday, but this Mel Tucker story, like, I can't get over it. Thirty-six minute phone call that she now says is non-consensual, and it's potentially going to cost him eighty million dollars. Over two million dollars a minute for that phone call. I, yeah. I just and the fact that you can retroactively be like, yeah, I didn't consent to that phone sex call that we had eight months ago. What? I just I can't believe that we've managed to create this expansive of an arena 
where guy's going to lose his job. I think it's a, a total sham. But a lot of people listening on nine ten a.m. agree. Back also, you know, naughty stuff in person is better than on the phone. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 